0: hello everyone and welcome to the dear future hubby podcast i am your host theresa reese and i am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled a strong-willed mind healing scars over time through my poetry and today's poem is entitled when i look back when i look back on everything I have been through, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. When I look back on those who gained my trust and then turned around and lost it, when I look back on every single moment that I felt betrayed and confused, I also look back and see how I survived it all because of you. Lord, Thank you, thank you, thank you for the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. Thank you for those whom I've trusted and those who actually lost it. Lord, thank you for every moment when I felt betrayed and confused because by going through all of those valleys, I developed a deeper, more meaningful relationship with you. So I hope that y'all are having a blessed morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you are hearing this episode, and this is going to be a rough one for me in advance. So for, for those of you that have been following my episodes in this podcast since it first began on January the 7th of 2021, then you have been on a journey with me in terms of grieving Um, And I have lost another pillar in my life. My grandfather on my mother's side as of yesterday, January the 29th of 2022. And it hit me real hard this morning. And I thought about what the next few days were going to look like for me. And for those of you that are in the work atmosphere... Trying to figure out a way to maneuver while you are weeping, working while you are weeping in your soul can be very difficult. But for a lot of us, especially during a pandemic, we have no choice. So we could be literally like grieving the loss of our loved ones because all of us in some way, form or fashion have been impacted by this pandemic. And I have come to realize that within the last two years that I have lost eight people. Yes. Eight people. And two of those people were my grandfathers. So last year, I lost my grandfather on my dad's side. This year, I lost my grandfather on my mom's side. And yet, I hear people often say, life goes on. But how? Life as you know it is not going to go on. You are having to redefine what your life looks like. So if you're working while you're weeping and you're weeping while you're working and you're doing the best that you can with what you have, how do you stay sane and how does it not impact your work in a negative way. I made a decision for myself to make sure that I get therapy. I have literally made sure to incorporate a therapist in the structure of my life on purpose. I have told, encouraged, made sure That the option is afforded to my children as well. Because trying to maneuver through grief, trying to maneuver through change, trying to maneuver through this life as we know it, and trying to maneuver through this pandemic has not been easy. Now, I am only speaking for myself, but I can almost guarantee That there are a lot of people who can relate. So, what do you do if you are not in a position to hire or to incorporate a therapist through your employer? What are you able to do if you cannot get you a therapist or a counselor? Get you a notebook, get you a pen. Write your emotions down, but do not bottle them all up. Make it a point to express yourself. If you feel like there's no one on this planet that will understand the depths of your weeping, the depths of your sorrow, the depths of your pain, write it down. Get it out. Cry if you have to. If your tears fall for two hours, if your tears fall for 24 hours, don't judge yourself. Don't beat yourself up for grieving the loss of people that meant the world to you. Allow yourself to mourn. Allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to weep. Allow yourself to be human. I encourage you not to become desensitized by the fact that we are losing so many people that we hold near and dear to our hearts, but to find a way to make sure that you maintain your mental health while you are weeping and working. To find a way to... Make sure that you are being heard, even if you're the only one hearing in your eyes. Write it down. I woke up this morning grief stricken. And that's the other thing about grief. It hits you in spurts. You don't know when it's going to hit you. You don't know how it's going to hit you. You don't know how losing A pillar in your life is going to impact you. When you realize, I can't drive over to grandpa's house or auntie's house or my mother's or father's house or my uncle's house. I can't call them anymore. I can't have those conversations, words of wisdom being instilled in me. I've got to recall the conversations that we've had in times past and hope that I remember it correctly because I can't call this individual any longer and say, Granddad, what did you mean when you said X, Y, and Z? I can't do that anymore because he's passed away. I can't tell him about what's going on in my world and where it is that I don't have clarity. But I really, really need clarity. I need his wisdom. I can't do that anymore. I can't go and watch the Cowboys play. I know a lot of y'all are not Cowboys fans, but I happen to be one, okay? Hey, Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) I happen to be a Dallas Dallas Cowboys fan. So therefore, whatever opinion you, you have about them, America's team, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just playing. But I literally can't go over to my grandparents' house, grab a chair while he's sitting in his chair. And watch a game with him. Listen to his opinion about how he feels when somebody gets a ball intercepted. Listen to how he feels about whenever the Cowboys make a touchdown. I can't do that anymore because he's gone. I can't go to my other grandfather's house on my dad's side and be like, hey, grandpa. Hey, Teresa, how you doing? How are those kids doing? Actually, both grandpas would do that. <laughs> but I can't do that anymore. Both of my pillars, the family pillars are gone. I heard someone say that when the pandemic hit, I heard someone say, we're all going to be impacted by this pandemic But just like we don't see death coming our way, we don't know how we're going to be impacted by the pandemic until it happens to us. A lot of people during this pandemic have lost employment. A lot of people during this pandemic, and that's that could be death to them. Losing your employment could feel like death to a lot of people. That's another reason why it's important to have ways of expressing what loss feels like to you. Because death comes in different forms. It's not always because of the death of a loved one. It's not always that. Sometimes it's death of your dreams, death of your vision, death of your hopes, death of your plans. It's not always... Death of a loved one. Now, that thing may be something that you love, so to lose it is death to you, or it feels like death to you. Make space for those things, too. Because there's a lot of people that have been impacted. They've lost their transportation because once they lost their job, they had no way to be consistent in paying their bills. Trust me when I tell you I can relate. I've been there. I've been homeless. I've been jobless. I've been there. And it's not easy to maneuver through the nuances of life. There have been difficult times, I'm sure, in a lot of our lives. There have been things that you wouldn't tell your best friend that you've experienced because to relive the experience is entirely too painful. I get that too. There have been times, I'm sure, that it seemed easier to do things the hard way than to do things the right way. But if you have that journal... Or if you have that notebook and you have that pen, you can literally take time out to sort your thoughts out so that you do not react to your emotions. It's been said, don't make a permanent decision based off of a temporary circumstance. And there are times That we as human beings may feel like making a permanent decision based off of a temporary circumstance rather than processing, why do I feel this way? When I found out that one of my children had been violated, I had the worst thoughts. They included suicidal thoughts. I was very, 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 extremely, extremely angry at God. So much to the point that I actually remember telling him, if following you is this painful, I resign. I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't have these issues before I said, yes, Lord. But the moment it felt like to me that I said, use me, God. I feel like all hell broke loose in my life. Literally. And then I heard so clearly And I do mean clearly, Teresa, but I didn't let him take her life. In that moment, I began rejoicing instead of being so angry at God. Because even though finding the truth out two years later was way too much for me to bear, He kept me in that storm. He kept her in that storm. And he preserved her life. So what that told me was all the efforts that I had put forth in trying to protect my child. I was beating myself up because it did not matter in the end. What happened still happened, despite my every effort. What I thought was protecting my kids and sheltering them in a lot of ways, what I thought was the safe route so that they would not succumb to the same things that I was a victim of growing up. And even as a young adult, every effort that I put into trying to protect my children. After that happened, I realized I'm still human. I cannot control everything. Realizing that there is someone greater than me that will always have the final say Whether I like it or not. But how he can turn ashes into beauty. Whenever he so wills. He can make our hurt. He can turn the pain into a passion for something else. Because out of that situation, I created t-shirts That I was able to use to minister to her. Because I could not be there for her. Did not know that she was a victim of any of that. I had to pray. And I prayed hard. And I was like, what can I do to heal while I'm hurting? I was weeping, but I was still working toward a way to rebuild her confidence and her self-esteem so that she would not believe that what happened to her defined her. And so I created T-shirts and told my family about it, encouraged them to wear the T-shirts, and they did. I was talking to my sweetheart yesterday, and I told him, there are so many things that we have gone through in private that we have been told not to say a word for the sake of saving face but i don't know what's happening in this part of my life but what i'm recognizing and maybe it's because i'm going to therapy but what i'm recognizing Is that some of those secrets that have been lying dormant in me for all of these years no longer want to be secrets? They are screaming, Let me out. Talk about me. This really happened to you. This is not an illusion, this is your reality. And part of your healing is confessing what took place in your younger years when no one knew or dared to know or cared to know. But it's a part of why you are the way you are. It's a part of why you must do the shadow work. All of it is imperative. And for those of you that don't know what shadow work is, it's a part of journaling. And what you do, I don't have this memorized, but I'm going to tell you what I know. You can look up the rest to get a better understanding. But whenever you take the time out to journal, you're not just journaling. You are writing down every single thought that comes in your mind without judgment, no matter what that thought is. And you are allowing yourself when certain emotions begin to arise to process those emotions and figure out where the root cause comes from. So what I'm learning is that a part of whenever you're doing the shadow work, you may be in a conversation with someone and the next thing you know, one of those doors to your past opens up. You can also verbalize your shadow work. And so what I am learning is that whenever I'm having a conversation as of late, and maybe it's partly because of the grieving, maybe it's partly because I have been through so much that my heart is like, we got to let some of this other stuff go because now you're impacting us again. Like, you're impacting me. You're, it's already, your heart was already broken, girl. And now we find this news out. And so now it's going to break all over again. I don't know if we can do this. So we got to release some of that stuff that you've been holding on to for years so that I will have the capacity to deal with this level of grief I am learning to release my past. But the concept of what I thought releasing my past looked like, I am beginning to debunk. Releasing my past, I thought, was just saying, what happened in my past does not define me. It happened to me. But it is not who I am. And I thought I was good. I'm now learning. It's deeper than that. Releasing my past is me having the ability to speak my truth to myself in love. To speak to the child within me that had no control over the things that took place in my life towards me in the ways that I was violated, in the ways that I was mistreated, and to speak to her and to tell her, none of that was your fault. People, the people who did those things to you were mentally ill. They were sick for whatever reason. Maybe the same things had been done to them. But instead of me holding on to that pain, which is what I had been doing for years, many, many, many years, I'm allowing it to come up so that I can better understand why I feel the way I feel at certain times, why I respond the way that I respond at certain times, why I am sheltered, not sheltered, I'm sorry, guarded in certain areas of my life. I, I literally am taking the time out to do the work. That's what I'm doing. Weeping while working also has to do with when you're doing your shadow work. You may shed a lot of tears. When I was literally sending a message to my therapist, it dawned on me how many people I've lost in the past two years. See, I had never taken the time out. I didn't want to count because I was still in disbelief. But something happened. I lost My second grandfather. And then all of a sudden, in the wee hours of the morning, I begin to weep. Truly, truly weep. And the only thing that I could think of in that moment is you can't keep this inside any longer. You need to talk about the pain that you've been through in these past few years. You need to talk about how this has impacted you. You need to talk about how this is impacting you right now. Don't hold it in and hide behind a smile any longer. Do the work while you weep. That's a part of healing too. And it's so necessary for me and you And the reason why it is necessary is because there are a lot of people that are going quote-unquote postal because they don't know how to deal with loss. Because they had plans and those plans have been aborted, whether intentionally or unintentionally. That causes soul wounds, y'all. Even when someone passes away, And it's an unintentional loss. That is a soul wound that is impacted upon your heart and your soul. The only way that you're going to be able to truly, truly heal is to talk about it, write about it, pray about it. But to keep it bottled up inside, that is like a time bomb waiting to go off. And you don't know when that is going to happen. So another reason why it is critical for me to get help, because that's exactly what it is. You know, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. It can be that type of fall, too. Before you lose it, before you lose your mind, before you have a nervous breakdown. I was told yesterday And I know it was out of love. You do so much for so many people. I've watched you. I've watched you be there for your friend when your friend lost her spouse. I've watched you be there for your children no matter which age they are. I've watched you make sacrifice after sacrifice. And I'm just on the sidelines. I'm not doing what you're doing. But you are so much to so many people. What are they going to do if something happens to you? And they can't call you any longer. Sometimes you have to just allow them to figure out a different way to have their problem solved. And when I heard those words, I know he was telling me this out of love, but when I heard those words, I literally was like, wow. Because the next words that came out of his mouth were, you can't save everybody. And he's right. Maybe a part of me is the way that I am because I know what it felt like to go through what I went through and there was no one present for me. Maybe a part of why I do what I do is so that they don't have to feel that same pain that I felt when I went through very, very traumatic experiences by myself. Maybe there's a part of me that is like, each one teach one. They don't have to go through this by themselves. I'm here. Let me walk you through it, so that you don't have to cry like I cried, so that you don't have to be afraid like I was afraid, so that you don't have to be angry how I was angry. so that you don't have to become bitter like I was bitter. The list goes on. But he's right. I can't save everyone. Right now, my number one objective is to work on me while I weep. To do whatever is required. I don't care if I got to type a thousand words to my therapist a day. I must do whatever is required for me not to take this loss to a level that it doesn't have to go. Because I'm surrounded by people who genuinely love me. Because... There are a lot of people that when they lose the pillar in their life, they don't know how to function. I remember I was talking to my mom one day, and I was having a conversation with her. We were talking about religion. And she made the comment, because I was like, why did you choose this religion? Of all the religions you could have chose, like, why this one? This just, oof." And she was like... I remember my grandmother. She was the pillar. She's she's talking about my great-grandmother. She said she was the pillar of the family. And then one day she died. And the whole family went crazy. And she made this comment that I was like, Are you understanding what you're saying? She said, The religion that she was in, I followed. But when she passed away and I saw everybody go haywire, I thought to myself, that can't be the true religion. In my mind, I was like, what? But that was how she processed what she experienced. In my mind, I was like, so it never dawned on you or occurred to you that religion had nothing of the sort to do with why your family reacted the way they did. What actually was happening is that everyone grieves differently when they experience a loss. Period and point blank. Not many people, if I'm just completely honest with y'all, when you have a, unless you truly have a rooted relationship with God, there are not many people when they hear that their mother has passed away, that their father has passed away, that their sister, their brother, their child, their grandparent, their love, their spouse. There are not many people, unless you are deeply rooted in God, that the very first thought that comes to your mind is God. Most people automatically scream out why. And try to figure out in their human minds, how could this have how. Of all the people whose lives could have been taken, why this person? Now, eventually they may get to God because eventually they may say, why God? Why did you allow this to happen to this individual? Why did it have to happen this way? But there's not a lot of people that that's the very first thing they go to. So if God is not the very first thing they go to, Religion ain't going to be the very first thing they go to. This is just really in my opinion. Only in my opinion. They're probably going to go to sex, alcohol, a strip club, whatever it is that they feel can quote unquote drugs. They're going to go to something that they can can quickly get to try to numb the pain. They're not going to be thinking. About God. I hate to say this y'all. But this is, this is really truly what I believe. And the reason is because. In a lot of people's experiences. Well when I pray to him. It's not an immediate response. I need an immediate. Response. To help me deal with this pain. Now, for those of you that are deeply rooted in the word of God, your response may be a little bit like, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. And I'm not being funny. I'm being honest. But when you get that word, you will ask how to apply the word. Everybody is not at that level. And a lot of times we got to meet people where they're at. They may never get to that level. Just meet them where they're at. One plants, another waters, God gives the increase. I didn't really, really want to be as transparent as I have been. But I think it's necessary. I believe it's necessary. Because there's so many people that are suffering in silence. We put the makeup on. We put, I'm talking about women, men too, because you know men do it too, some of them. And but we put the makeup on, we get our hair done, nails done, everything did, and our heart is bleeding. We're weeping silently. We're broken. So many thoughts are running through our heads, like on a regular basis. There's a lot of you that are listening to this that they don't even know. You don't even know how your rent is going to get paid this month or next month, actually, because this month is well, some of y'all it could be this month still. I know this is January the 30th of 2022. At least I believe it is. Yeah, it is. So some of you are like, how am I going to pay my rent? Still trying to figure it out. I'm lifting you up in my prayers. I've been there too. And some of you are trying to figure out, how am I going to pay my rent on February the 1st? Some of you are like, I've been living in my car for the past six months and nobody knows it. I've been close to that. I was put in a situation where me and my children were told that we had to leave where we were staying. And the person that had told us, I mean, initially that we could stay there changed their minds, which, you know, technically they have the right to do. But these were individuals that nobody saw that coming including my children. That caused trauma because we went from having a roof over our heads to being homeless for five weeks. I was weeping while working at my full-time job and only a select few knew that I was homeless. A select few who are still friends with me to this day. And When I was going through that process, there were many, many sleepless nights because I was like, how? When? I need help, Lord. I don't know how this is going to get done. But there was one particular person I'll never, ever forget. She knew what I was going through, and this was my aunt. She knew exactly what I was going through. And she would call and check on me. And every, every I was taking it day by day, literally day by day. And because I had an eviction, it was harder for me to find a residence, a permanent residence. And so one day she called me. And I was going through the process of working on a plan. And she was listening to me. Knowing all of the details, knowing how I ended up where I was at, knowing knowing it. I mean, because I'm, again, I'm very transparent. So as we're having this conversation, she stops me dead in my plans and says, God is with you. I said, huh? She said, God is with you. She calls me sweetness. <laughs> That's what my auntie calls me. She's like, sweetness, God is with you. My aunt Tina. So when she said that, I was like, huh? She said, you are making a plan B. In the midst of your storm. I'm listening to you. And you are making a plan B. Well, if this fails, auntie, I'm going to do this. And if this fails, then I'm going to do this. So I'm going to go apply here. And she was just listening to my plan of action. And she said, he's with you because I know all that you've been through. And with all that you've been through, a lot of people walking in your shoes would have lost their Minds. I have no doubt about that. But the fact that while you are going through this, you with your children, you are making a plan B, you're not losing your mind. That's a God thing. And she said, I know you probably don't feel it right now or even feel like it right now, but you're going to be okay. And the reason why I can say that with confidence is because I just listened to your plan B. A lot of people would have gave up on plan A. They wouldn't be in the mental space to talk about a plan B if plan A fails. They would have already thrown their hands up. God is with you. And I took that. And I was like, wow, God. I'll take that. I'll take that you're with me because this hurts It hurts so bad. I remember going literally to the front desk when these individuals put us out. And I remember trying to reason with the head of the household. And I was threatened instead of. and, And the thing that I didn't, I couldn't understand was, what did we do to you? Because all I tried to do while we were there was love and make sure that y'all didn't have to lift a finger. So it was hard for me as well as my children to process what was really taking place. But God, when I went to the front desk of the first hotel, because we ended up in five different hotels in the course of five weeks. But when I went to the first hotel, the very first one, The man was telling me how much it would cost to stay there and I had a nervous breakdown right at his counter. It was hard for me to process that the very people that you believe will never leave you or forsake you do exactly that and at the lowest of times. I was actually in college at that time and eventually I had to make a decision and I had to drop out of college. Now, I did go back, and I did get my associate's degree in paralegal studies. But the process was so painful. I was weeping while working. Weeping while working. Because even though the people on the outside that didn't really know my truth couldn't see because I was always smiling, my heart and my soul was weeping. I've been betrayed so many times in my life. There have been so many Judases in my life where they kiss me on one cheek, and next thing you know, I'm being literally crucified. And I have to go through that more times than I can count. I don't know what God is building me for. I don't even know who God is building me for. But it's something he must want me to share with someone. So the th- the being silent, keeping secrets, That's just something I can no longer do for the sake of my mental health. I lost my grandfather. It hurts to the core and the depths of my being. I already know that I'm going to have my good days, and I know that I'm going to have my bad days. I have stopped trying. To be a people pleaser. Because at the end of the day, and I may be taking this out of context, but I'm going to tell you how I'm going to take it right now. When the Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That might be part of it, too. To gain the whole world and then your soul is not right. Because you did not deal with the soul wounds of your heart. You did not address the very things that truly, truly impacted you. But you got this house, you got these cars, you got the money in the bank. What profit is that if you haven't truly done the soul work to soul search to discover who you were meant to be before all of the mess manifested in your life? That's where I'm at in this season. So today is January the 30th of 2022. Dear future hubby, I have lost my grandfather as of January the 29th of 2022. I don't know. From one day to the next, How I am going to be. But if you have ever lost one of your pillars, for me now it's two. Actually, three, if I'm really being honest, because my aunt was one of those. Not the aunt I just referenced, but another aunt that passed away. That also was a pillar. So I've lost three pillars. Three in a two year span. If you know anything about grief, then you know I'm hurting in ways unimaginable. But what I hope this time, as I go through this process, I hope that my mental health stays intact. I hope that my family's mental health stays intact. I hope that my children will be okay because they're taking it so hard. But I also hope that as I say, to be absent in the body is to be present in the Lord. And I truly believe that my grandfather is absent in the body and present in the Lord. That while I am present in my body, that I continue to be present with the Lord. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Be encouraged. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this blesses someone. I hope this sets someone free. Please take care of you because I am opting to take care of me. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.